Hello and welcome to the latest mini Lip Bits, a Lip Bits Lights, a Lip Bits pour through a water filtration system. Tonight we are a slightly unusual topic, not the inevitable topic you might think about literature. We're going to be thinking about literature and sheds for five minutes. And the reason we're doing that is that I'm here in um, James's lovely new Oxfordshire home and at the foot of the garden, if you walk through the gnomes and the mushroom plantation, you reach a beautiful traditional garden shed. And as we were standing out here looking at it, it suddenly seemed to us that maybe there's a case to be made for sheds being quite important to writing. I know James is going to turn this into a writing studio where he's going to churn out his libretti um, by the end of the year, but presumably there are other writers, there have been writers in the past who have used sheds or have turned to sheds. I mean, are there any great literary shed keepers that we can think of? Well, I'm sort of glad you asked, really, um, since we are by the shed. Of course, living in Headington, one thinks immediately of Philip Pullman, um, who famously wrote in a shed, his Northern Lights trilogy. There were a number of writers who retreated to the shed for different reasons. Roald Dahl, whose, whose shed was falling down, I believe, and there's been mm. some sort of attempt to raise money to... It's been sort of meticulously restored, I think, isn't it, and kept as a... As, as it a, was. As a Bernard Shaw, with his rotating shed, on some kind of mechanism to keep it in line with perhaps Roald Dahl. I don't know. And Virginia Woolf, weirdly, had a shed of her own. I mean, she really did, and wrote within it. It's a strange thing having a shed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly attracted to it, and then I get out there, and as it's fairly wintry at the moment, um, immediately want to go back indoors. The idea of writing in it, surrounded by spiders, spider webs, and I think the world's biggest woodlouse. Mm, um, that's Philip Pullman. <laughs> fills me with... With mild alarm, and the idea that that I would write anything other than a horror novel in here um, does feel remote. I don't know how do you how do you feel, Adam? Does well, I don't, have, I don't have. I don't live in a, a a flat or an apartment, as you can sort of more attractively put it. And so we don't have a garden. And so I I, I like the idea of a shed. I mean, it's like a sort of an office, but more it's more office than an office. I suppose it stands for domestic unhappiness, doesn't it? Rather than in the sense that an allotment does. You go there to kind of flee and to hide. A friend of mine came round and actually pointed out that you'll be spending a certain amount of time in your shed and then look significantly at, at my partner. It's a place to which you're banished to yeah. listen to the radio and, and play with your tools. So they've been writing who have lived in sheds and maybe Jane is going to become one of those figures but what about sheds in literature are there, are there, are there literary works that feature the noble construction well I'm, I've gone I've gone literal I don't know how literal I should have gone but this is certainly pretty literal it's Keats's Ode on a Grecian Urn um, and it's it's the beginning of stanza three but I should really read the end of stanza two bold lover never never canst thou kiss though winning near the goal yet do not grieve she cannot fade though thou hast not thy bliss Forever will that love, and she be fair. Ah, happy, happy boughs, that cannot shed your leaves, nor ever bid the spring adieu, and happy melodist, unwearied, forever piping songs, forever new. So their shedding is, is more of a verb than, than a place in which you write fiction that earns you a huge amount of money. Could happen to you very easily. I'm going to trump your Keats with something even more canonical. William Shakespeare. Who's um, you? William Shakespeare, he was a... Uh, a triple jumper who became a writer in the later stages and this is from Henry V, um, the most famous speech in Henry V and Crispin, Crispian shall near go by from this day until the ending of the world but we in it shall be remembered there's a, there's a looming shed reference coming up see if you can see it we few, we happy few, we band of brothers Tom Hanks for he today who sheds his blood with me shall be my brother it's tempting to kind of read that in a literal sense of, of losing blood, of blood pouring out, but I think surely Shakespeare had a sense of the architecture of the shed that was 
to come. For me, the, the, it feels a rather liminal place, back of our garden. Um, it can't be seen, except weirdly from my study window upstairs. And it does at the moment feel less a writerly place than a place where we're going to put our stepladder. I, d- I don't know whether it's a place that I particularly want to sit and and right yet. It's a funny combination isn't it? It's a kind of a home for kind of lawnmowers and spades and junk um, but also sort of literary creativity. Literary creativity is being put in the same category as lawnmowers and spades. And of course it has some extraordinary power at the moment because of its punning quality that there's a a wonderful Twitter feed called 50 Sheds of Grey. I mean I personally am looking forward to to shedding very soon and I hope hope Adam will perhaps join me (laughs) Okay, I think we should probably draw to an end there before James gets himself in serious legal trouble. Let me just read a quick Philip Larkin poem. Larkin, something of a ghost on the pod, popping up every now and again. But this is The Mower by Philip Larkin. A mower stalled twice. Kneeling, I found a hedgehog jammed up against the blades, killed. It had been in the long grass. I had seen it before and even fed it once. Now I had mauled its unobtrusive world unmendably. Burial was no help. Next morning I got up, and it did not. The first day after a death, the new absence is always the same. We should be more careful of each other. We should be kind while there is still time. And with that sense of the possibility of tragedy in the quietest of shed, I think we'd better say goodnight, and we will speak to you very soon. Goodbye.